Guys, welcome back to another episode, another edition of the Ico Joker podcast. So, get straight into it. Uh, UFC 259, uh, which almost feels like it's a bit like it's or it was the fight of the year. So, main event Israel, Adesanya versus Jan Blahowitz, uh, the light heavyweight, light heavyweight division. Um, so, um, I hope I pronounced his name correctly. So this was like seemed like the biggest, you know, it felt like the biggest fight of the of the evening was main event. So it felt, you know, obviously the biggest fight of the evening and almost felt like it was the biggest fight of the year. It's just what the fight that everybody was talking about. And again, it has the echoes of UFC two and fifty seven um attack stamped all over it. You know, um hopefully you can guys can hear me. It has the the echoes of UFC two fifty seven stamps all over it. Um, basically, you know, um, we all thought that um, someone like Dustin Poirier would lose against someone like Conor McGregor, and we, in this case, everybody thought someone like Jan Blachowicz would lose against uh, someone like Israel Adesanya because of Adesanya's um, athleticism, his agility, his speed. I can move. You know, he's. I heard what someone, one of the uh, mixed martial arts veterans, call him a. Um, a slick striker, and I can understand that because you know he can move pretty well because of his athleticism and his size and his stature. Um, so you know, um, overall, you know, um, Jan Jan proved some people wrong. Even you know, even his close friend Joanna. Um, you know, a, a lot of fights were asked about this. Um, just about ninety five percent of the MMA community all said Israel has this in the bag and he's definitely going to win. You know, they can't see someone like um, Jan Blachowicz, um Winning the fight, you know, Blavitz may have the size and the power, but unfortunately for him, Israel has the speed and the agility. Even though Israel would have moved up in weight a little bit just to meet up in that um, particular weight class, the light heavyweight division, um, still, you know, you can't get over. I mean, you may have power, um, but the thing is, how can you use it and use it efficiently? Um, so now in this, uh, but in this particular fight, and you know, again, he proved so many people wrong. Like Dustin Poirier proved so many people wrong at the UFC 257. You know, so many people, I'm sure, they would have placed their bets on this, uh, saying that Israel Desanya has this in the bag. Uh, but I, I like when this happens, actually, whereby uh, the person who is um, predicted to lose actually proves everybody wrong, all the naysayers wrong. They'll be eating their words and, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, it's just a good feeling. You know, it kind of it changes things, you know, and people kind of thinking a different way, in a more positive way. Uh, so you know, in the fight, um, Bowers did a good job of um checking um Adesanya's kicks, and you know there were two um there were both sides were exchanging lots of heavy shots um, you know especially partic- particularly in the second round, and um in the second round about halfway in the second round, um, Blahowitz um, nearly got Adesanya in a clinch, but uh, Adesanya was a slick was slick enough and uh, enough athletic enough to just break out of that, and um you know. Uh, but still, Blaus did land some heavy strikes and punches, and um, there was one point in the fight where, whereby and Blaus was cornered by um, Adesanya, and uh, Adesanya did get a good, a heavy um, leg head kick um, in there, and you know because Blaus was cornered, he had to raise his raise his hands up to get to guard himself to guard his face. But um, you know, overall, I mean, I I personally thought myself that. Um, I thought that Adesanya would actually win this because just to be realistic, you know, he's fast, he's athletic, and I'm basically repeating everything I just said at the beginning of this podcast. Um, you know, all those things. 
and uh, many said, and even I, I myself, I thought that the only way that um, that Yan would be able to win this was basically to get Adesanya down in the takedown and keep him down the keep him there on the floor, you know, hold him down there, exchange blows and punches, or get him to submission, rear naked choke holds or a armbar, you know, something like that, and uh, yet win the round. And uh, many people are still saying, well, yeah, that's free but unfortunately the opponent that you're fighting is going to make that very difficult or even or even or even almost impossible for you to do that so you know um uh, but no you know he approved people wrong he um did get um Adesanya um, into a takedown and um he did um win the fight he got a takedown in the fourth round and he did a good job by keeping Adesanya on the ground yeah, and he won by unanimous decision. Sorry, got just looking, <laughs> looking at my notes. So moving on to the next fight, which was also another big fight, but this was a co-main event: Amanda Nunes versus uh, Megan Anderson, uh, the women's um, featherweight um, um, division. Now, <laughs> this girl, Amanda Nunes, I have to say, I've heard about her. I, I even heard about her last year. Um, and I remember I was whilst I was working, uh, just in my normally day job. Um, this is about the time that I got really got into, into MMA. I was just listening to podcasts and uh, listening to some shows on YouTube, and they were talking about her that she's you know, well accomplished in the sports of mixed martial arts. Has a she's a really good fighter. Um, has of course um before I made this podcast, unfortunately, sorry to say I've not looked at her actual um winning record. Her, well, her fighting record in mixed martial arts, but. From the sounds of it, she obviously from the sounds of it, she clearly has more wins than she does um, losses. You know, so she's a really, really good fighter. And after watching her before UFC two fifty nine, uh, uh, watching her um, um, fight, um, is it God? I've forgotten. Is it Felicia Spencer and the other one that sticks out in my mind really well, Chris Cyborg? You know, <laughs> she really, she really did some damage to those two ladies, especially the. Um, the other um the other girl and um, Felicia Spencer but um and Felicia Spencer the uh, other fighter which I think it w- that fight was far more recent than the um and the fight with Chris Cyborg in that fight there were the um the corners and the raft and all the people the medical team were asking Felicia is she actually okay to to continue the with the um yeah with the fight yeah Felicia Spencer uh, back at UFC two fifty um they were asking her just checking up on her can she is she okay to finish the fight i mean this that's not that it means anything but that's just testament to how good of a fighter manalinas is and you know um when she fought chris cyborg just in that first round she finished her just finished her off i mean as she was throwing her punches and strikes and throwing moving in with her attack she really did injure cyborg so much that cyborg couldn't keep up and i think they had to stop the fight you know manalinas won so again, um, likewise in this fight, UFC two fifteen, I wish you for um, Megan Anderson. Um, you know, again, um, from the way it looks like, I make one of these points um, that this is almost or, or almost like or is exactly like one of those fights that ends before it's even started. And I and I've noticed that Nunes, Nunes when she's fighting any of her opponents, she always keeps close to, um, you know, she. She doesn't. She isn't so evasive like some other fighters that are coming to my mind now. 
Uh, she um, always keeps close to her opponent. Doesn't give them too much room. Always, you know, she's tactical and smart, but she it doesn't take her time to move in for the kill. I think she'll kind of like try and chop you down with just strikes and leg kicks here and there to like just to what's the word I'm looking for to like to just weaken you a little bit before she moves in, even with a takedown and um, a, t- a takedown and then finish she finishes off her opponent with strikes. You know, as I said before, what in what would have been my um, preview podcast, which I didn't make, which I later up decided not to make because it just wait, it was just too close and too late to the um, time of the um, UFC two fifty nine fighting event. Um, you know, one of the things I, which I, one of the things I did say, I would have said if I published it, but. She does look like a well-rounded fighter. Striking is good. Um, her stand-up, as they say, you know, is good, um, and her ground game is really good as well. She's a, is it black belt or purple belt? No, I think she's a purple belt. No, not purple belt. Black belt in BJJ. So, you know, her. Um, I think overall she's a well-rounded mixed martial artist, and um, you know, the, this was proven again <laughs> in the. Um, I don't know why I'm laughing, but this was proven again in the fight she had with Megan Anderson at UFC 259. In the first round, everything just came to a head and finished in less than about two or three minutes. And, you know, she uh, she won. She won via a submission. And next up is where the controversial illegal um, knee came in. Uh, I should help calm my nerves a little bit. <clears throat> so, Arjamain Sterling versus uh, PC on the bantamweight division in the for the for men. So it was an entertaining fight overall. Stars like well, both of these guys were seriously get going at it. Strike striking leg kicks, elbows, um, coming in hard and strong from both fighters. So the problem really um arose at the end to what to what kind of marks the end of the fight. Um, so Arjamain Sterling was um, still on the floor. Uh, he still has one, still had one of his knees touching the floor, as was briefly explained to me by my coach Charlie, that I mentioned in many of my podcasts. Um, and he did mention that if um, your opponent's knees on the floor, then um, you can't, you can't. I hope I'm saying, I hope I'm saying this correctly. You cannot attack them. And um, what happened is that. Sterling's knee was on the floor and Jan came along and he um actually he executed an elite, an illegal knee and um they stopped the fight and um Sterling appeared to be if not fully but partially concussed. You can see that just it almost looked like he was awake, alive, but it looks like he wasn't aware of, he didn't know where he was. And um I was kind of, people asking what at the end of the fight, what was um, Yan? Why did Yan have his hand raised? Um, and he uh, stop getting tongue twisted. He he kind of explained himself at the press conference after the fight, saying that he didn't know, and he actually thought that given the situation, what he had done, um, that knee that he had um, executed on um, Sterling, that the results of the fight would have been no contest. But that wasn't the case at all. I mean, I mean, everybody saw what happened. You know, the opponent had his knee on the ground, which means you can't attack them. 
I hope I'm right. I hope I'm writing when I say that, but this is how I understand it when it was explained to me that Sterling's knee was still on the ground, so that knee would have been illegal. And um, yeah, to come for Sterling to make things worse, even though the win was given to him, and um, he um, was he defending the belt, but even though the win was given to him, um, I, I I can understand understandably he was still annoyed and pissed and many people in the mixed martial arts community all came out saying yeah tough fight so that was a good fight force good fight it's a shame for what happened at the end however um that's not how you um, achieve a win you know you, you finish the fight you finish you make sure you finish the fight whether it's a tko fly, flying knee whichever way but not in this manner because i was even saying to charlie that it ought to, i can't remember who it was but i was saying to someone on Instagram, just commenting on the um, on the post that I'd posted, that um, you know, it does feel it will feel to Jermaine to our Jermaine Sterling. Excuse me, it will feel to um to our Jermaine Sterling as if that was an easy win, that the win was handed to him, you know, off the back of what happened. So I can I can understand that um, it, you know, as Joe Rogan was saying in his commentary that this will not be looked on especially by him anyway it will not be looked on as a as a proper victory so i can understand his upset many people in the community were upset um by what happened as well now some i think some people um tj dillashaw came out saying that um this guy's cheated and uh you know basically many people are coming out and saying you know disagreeing with what happened that that's not a proper win you know he should have been given um at least you know and then what dana White has said that um, the whole thing, the whole fight is going to be redone again as soon as possible. So I think even he can understand that it wasn't a proper win and um, it should be redone again. The other guy made an illegal move and uh, that's basically not on. Yeah, and another thing I should point out, Jan was disqualified and therefore uh, the win did go to Sterling. But um, I was saying to Charlie, in this sort of... Sort of a sport, especially even um, what PCO is about 29 and um, Arjmin Sterling's 31, so not age differences are much, but I'm sure they fought in this sport long enough, even when they're not competing in a, in a competing uh, in a competitive run where they, uh, they're going to compete. But even outside of that, I'm sure um, someone like especially Peter Yarn, because this is really sensitive in what he did. Um, they should he should know the rules by now. So how could he not have known that that was um, an illegal move they had made then? How could he not have known that the result would have been a disqualification? Why did he think that um, you know he was going to be given a no contest? Uh, that the whole thing would have resulted in, in a no contest? No, that um, <laughs> that wasn't the case. So it's a bit strange and it's also annoying. Um, I'll say it's annoying for me, but it's going to be more importantly be annoying for someone like, well, it'll be annoying for Arjmane Sterling because this affects him more than anyone else. All right, guys. So, yeah, and I agree. Um, if the fight gets redone, fine. Uh, to, um, if the fight gets redone, then it'll be, it should result in this fight basically that it, almost like it didn't happen at all because of what happened basically you know it wasn't fair moving on ah 
Islam Makachev and Drew Dober, the lightweight division. Now, um, my prediction was in this fight that Islam would win. Drew Dober has good striking, ferocious striking, but um, Islam seems a lot more well-rounded like his um, teammate Khabib, who was cornering him in this um, in this event. He also, Islam also fights out of AKA. Um, so, um, yeah, Islam did get a, quite a lot of takedowns in the fight. Um, and... <laughs> In every single round of the three rounds they fought for the uh, for their own fight, Islam, st- these guys are good at wrestling. You know, it's something that's either from that's in their blood, or it's just something they're good at. They practice from a really, really, really young age. Because likewise, Khabib, um, you know, um, I think Islam also trained, wrestled with bears back in Dagestan, um, back in Dagestan, uh, in Russia, where they're from. Because he managed to keep his opponent Drew Dober on the floor for a long, long while, um, in every round, and that's how he basically finished the fight. And in the first round, Islam got a takedown, and he kept Drew Dober on the ground for a long while. Uh, Dober was kept on the ground for the remainder of the first round. In the second round, the same thing more or less happened. In the third round, um, the same thing happened again. I mean, Islam's ground game was really good, um. He kept his opponent on the ground for a long, <laughs> long while. How in the third now in the third round he kept um, Dober on the ground, uh, but he won by um, getting Dober to submit through an arm triangle. Yeah, it was through an arm triangle choke. Excuse me. So moving on now, this fight Alexander Ray kick. But I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Alexa- Alexander Rakic or Rakic uh, versus Diego Santos, a light heavyweight division. Now, God, granted, I didn't see the full fight of this because the UFC Fight Pass app, unfortunately, there's something they've done, and I think what they've done is that certain fights outside of the main card, preliminary card, and any other fight. Excuse me. But any fight that's not going to be on the main card, I think they delayed the release of those fights uh, to be played back by people just to make sure that anytime you do see the fight and then you see it and you want to talk about it, probably the fights and the event overall will not be so relevant anymore. And I smartly understand it's business. You know, the UFC is a business first. UFC, Bellator, Pride, one championship, they are businesses first. So... I get it, they've got to make sure that they're making their money first of all, that's the reason why they're in existence making money and of course providing a sport, a sporting entertainment for people to watch um, so, but the thing is that app, um, I didn't I wasn't able to see all of the fights that happened especially those fights on the uh, main card it's just the one fight on the preliminary card Cruz and um, Kenny, Dominic Cruz and Casey Kenny, uh, that fight was on the app but the main card fights were not so um, unfortunately that most of what I'm talking about would be coming from from highlights. So, uh, yeah, for this fight, uh, Diego Santos, one of the fo- the last fights I remember him fighting was um, against the uh, f- other fighter, um, Glover Teixeira. And it's one of those, those fights that um, I do remember how um, just at the beginning of the fight, um, Santos' striking was really... Uh, 
really, really um, ferocious and, you know, really strong, deadly. Um, but he sure did win, did um, change things with the takedowns, especially at the end. So, um, uh, yeah, in this uh, particular fight, I didn't see the end, but I do know that Alexander um, Rakic did win by unanimous decision. Uh, so my mouth just keeps getting dry. And last, but not least, but not the last of the, f- of the fights, but this is the last of the fight that I did I managed to um, catch. Yes, Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny, bantamweight division. So, in this fight, um, Dominic Cruz won. Looking at his past fights, I would have thought that I would have leaned on the side of Casey Kenny winning, but that wasn't the case. Dominic Cruz won. And I say that I would have leaned on the side of Casey Kenny winning because on the last three fights that I saw of Dominic Cruz fighting, which was TJ Dillashaw and the other one of Henry Sayudo, um, Dominic Cruz was was always being very evasive in the octagon. And one of the, um, one of the commentators did say that if the octagon had been a bit smaller, then Dominic Cruz wouldn't have been able to get away with being so evasive, moving around the moving around the octagon, being always being on the move, and avoiding his opponent's attacks, whether it's striking, kicks, and it's one of the um, one thing that I saw Dominic Cruz do when he was fighting um, DJ TJ Dillashaw, um, when he did avoid any attacks or when he did avoid an attack coming from his opponent, he would move out of the way, but at the same time. Send a jack, you know, just put um, a strike in there, um, which is smart, a smart thing to do. So, while he's avoiding attack, he's executing attack, execute while he's avoiding and <laughs> shit. While he's an, he's avoiding an attack, he's executing an attack. Um, I always get tongue, don't know why this ha- happens all the time. So <laughs> it's funny, but you know, it's, it does get annoying. So, uh, yeah. And that's why I noticed Cruz was a lot less evasive uh, than the last two fights that I saw, and also got plenty of takedowns. And you know, in the when he was fighting TJ Dillashaw, takedowns was not too much of a, of a thing for him. It was actually more coming from his opponent's side from um, Dillashaw. He was doing more most of the groundwork and wrestling and grappling. Uh, so in this case, he did win by. Um, God, <laughs> I didn't even make a note of that, but I know. In this fight, he he did win. So yeah, overall that card was um, pre um, at least for the main cards, and for the while I saw it was a pretty stacked card. Um, the most annoying thing is I've got to find a way of watching these fights live because at least watching if I can't watch them live, have them recorded as they're being streamed live. Because the most annoying thing is either they're being broadcast in the UK too early so I can't really stay up and watch them or they'll be broadcast whilst I'm working or be tied up doing something else but moving on to M- on some um, other news in the MMA world um, so people have been reacting to um, Jan's uh, win against Israel Desanya. Um of course as, as I said before he's proven many people wrong because a lot of people saying this guy would not win even his closest friend um, Joanna um, who I can't even remember her name. I think I, I, I can remember her name, but I'm not going to bother pronouncing it because I'll sound just ridiculous on the, on in the podcast. 
but um yeah um i do it's something i do like and i can't really explain it as such but i do like when someone who's not necessarily a bad person because from what i've been hearing he's a decent guy uh very approachable and friendly and respectable even israel the son even said that even though he lost he would he was happy that he lost to someone like um black he was happy to lose to someone like blahowitz because um of his overall character as a decent person a respectable guy um but there's something that i do like about someone who is, has so many naysayers saying they're not going to win even if we do win it's just going to be by a very very narrow margin uh it's going to be by a takedown or by a tko or by a clinch whatever uh you know something like that but before you even manage to do that clinch or takedown you know the opponent's gonna make it almost impossible for you to do I like when someone comes out and even hearing all of that proves virtually everybody wrong because even his closest friend Joanna, she was saying that he has so much to lose in the fight but Israel Asanya has so much to gain, has the upper hand and the advantage and even I I believe that Israel Asanya did have the advantage but that wasn't the case. And again, I go back to UFC 257, Poirier versus McGregor. Um, everybody thought that, I thought that McGregor was going to win. I wanted Poirier to win again. I said after the upteenth time he did win. Well done. And, you know, I thought that um McGregor was gonna win, but Poirier won, you know, I you know, that picture of Conor McGregor just kind of lying, lying down in on the canvas look just <laughs> like he's taking a nap. Um, you know, it's still doing the rounds on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, everywhere. You know, um not Conor, um Khabib coming out saying you wanted everybody to wake up and pay attention, give you that attention to um, fight in front of the whole world with all the eyes watching you. Uh, so afterwards, you earn the money and the win, whatever. And then Khabib came out saying, you wanted everyone to stay awake to watch you um, fight. But look, you went back to sleep again, tweeting and posting that picture of him, of just what he looks at, looks like um, after the, the knockout. So, um, yeah. Again, I'm, I'm glad that um, Jan Blachowicz went um, one and also credit to Israel Asana for also posting up a good fight too um, so yeah there's not much else to say here about the PC Young situation uh, that's also making headlines in the mixed martial arts community um, but again you know Dana White has said that he's going to have that fight rearranged as quickly as possible um, because even he's not happy about what happened there, that um that PCR cheated basically like he did and he's been disqualified. Funny thing is though, I did see a picture on Instagram of um Argument and this could be it could be a fake, but they were saying it looked like a meme, but they were saying in that meme in that picture that um well that he wasn't happy with his win, he wasn't happy with the situation. But funnily enough, he was standing with his belt and had all his friends around him, his team around him, and they were happy and drinking, just celebrating the um, the win. Now, either that's a, an old picture that's been turned into a meme, an old picture that, that was taken before UFC 259 and it's been, it's been turned around into a meme, or maybe it's a genuine, maybe it's a genuine photo. But uh, from the looks of it, from his reaction at the post-fight um, interview they had with Joe Rogan, I've got a good feeling that it must be a meme. <laughs> it definitely must be a meme. But if that fight's going to be, be rescheduled, then good. I'm glad that um, Dana White's going to do that and make that happen. Yeah, and um, so Polo Costa made a jibe at Israel Asanya on Twitter. 
this guy, I mean, the whole thing is becoming pathetic. It really, really is. Uh, the guy said, um, just selling a job and insult to um, Israel Asanya. Skinny, were you drunk to respect his white belt? Let it go. Just let it go. Everybody knows you don't like each other, but, you know, you got to put that violin away um, sometime because it's just getting old and people just... People lose a lot of respects for you for the fact that you just can't take that loss and go back to the drawing board, go back to training, just work harder, you know, just polish your craft and um try and do better next time, you know, you can't win them all. Because what if the fight what if the whole result of that fight between you and Adesanya had gone the other way around? Do you th- you know, do you think that Adesanya would have been just dragging the whole thing out on 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 and on and on like you are? I mean, I've got a good feeling that even though he said that he's happy that he lost to someone like um, Jan Blachowicz, um, I've got a good feeling that Adesanya is not going to be going on about this loss for uh, for ages and ages and ages. Just let it go, Paul Acosta, because you're making yourself look really stupid and dumb. And the excuse you gave that you were drunk, if it's an excuse or if it's a genuine reason, that has just made you look even worse. Really, really bad. Okay, guys. Um... I think that would be it for this particular episode. Um, I'm hoping this kind of Jack Daniels <laughs> coke, even though it's not much uh, compared to something, like, to something like the real thing, like Jack Daniels whiskey on its own or any other whiskey on its own. Uh, I I think it's helped me just with my nerves a little bit this uh, for this particular episode. Um, if you enjoyed the if you enjoyed this podcast, please um, do leave a like. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Um, I'm gonna be not gonna be, but my podcast is, is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, which is the, the hosting platform for the um, for the podcast. I'm still working on that Apple um, Podcast um, issue, which is. Which is becoming a pain. I'm sure I'll be. I'll feel even more foolish if I do find out at the end that um, it was something so simple, so so very simple. Um, but yeah, you can also follow me on Instagram. My name is Jaco One on Twitter. My name is Jaco and on Facebook, if you still use Facebook, uh, my name is Jaco So yeah, I don't think I'm forgetting anything else. Thanks. <laughs>